Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I hope it was everything it was supposed to be. I hope, you know, you're staying safe, staying inside, you know, getting a lot done. Um, everybody, it's been a crazy weekend and week so far in the news. Uh, we got headlines after headlines, story after story. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. You guys are all incredible. Uh, we had amazing shows last week. Um, everything you could want in a program. The show just keeps evolving. Uh, got a lot planned for the future of the Rory Sodder show. Um, you know, I will be starting, as everybody knows, here at Salem Radio uh, in the next couple of weeks, just waiting on their studio uh, to open back up. And uh, it's really a huge honor. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, Salem is the biggest political station in America. Uh, people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Sebastian Gorka, Larry Elder, Dennis Prager, uh, the list goes on. Um, all these people are, uh, have their shows there. So it's the opportunity uh, of, a li- of a lifetime. It really is. And I'm just so honored to, you know, uh, take my career to the next level and, and keep growing and, you know, capitalizing in this industry. You know, and as everybody knows, you know, I just picked up the mic one day and here I am. Um, guys, I, I want to say uh, my media site, um, I will be launching it. Uh, it was supposed to be up last week, but I will be launching it late tonight early tomorrow, so be ready for that. Uh, It's already been released before. We're just revamping it, restructuring it, uh, making it modern, making it, you know, highly evolved and, you know, present with with what's going on in today's society. And I really think you guys are going to be impressed. Um, And you can find it, the next, N-E-X-Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A dot com. That's the name of the site, the next gen USA. And uh, that will be up, like I said, later tonight or early tomorrow. Uh, We will be having different things there. Obviously, a lot of breaking news reports every day. Uh, people will be having their own shows. People will be uploading videos, different talking points. Uh, you'll have a store on there. We're really, uh, you know, taking this whole thing to a, a whole nother planet. We want to really, um, you know, especially with what's going on in the, in the media right now, you know, mainstream is really uh, losing viewers and really kind of uh, jumping the shark and independent media and, you know, all these different podcasting platforms are really, uh, you know, uh, just growing like crazy. You know, this, this is awesome. And then I have a lot of good talent that I will be bringing uh, to the network and a lot of different contributors, a lot of different uh, affiliates. So uh, stay tuned for that. I will be making more, more announcements. Um, so I, I want to I introduce everybody on the panel. But everybody, um, wherever you are, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. You know, there's there's a lot of different emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, uh, you know, uh, a lot of confusion. So, you know, uh, we've never seen this ever, ever in all of our life. We've never seen an economy shut down. You know, it's, um, it's out of this world. It's like an alternate universe, guys. It really is. Um, I want to welcome uh, retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Falsey. Michael, how are you? Fine, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. It certainly has been a busy news cycle. I'm telling you, it's almost like you can't keep up. You're never at a loss for something to read, I'll tell you. So uh, enjoy being here tonight and look forward to the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we always love having you. 
Um, always a pleasure. Uh, we love your value and insight. So thank you for joining us. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Um, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, uh, Eric Aguilar. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, how's it going, Rory? How's everything? Doing so very we well. Have quite yourself, a bit of things. Yeah, we got quite a bit of things going on here in Florida as we had the flotilla for the president. So that was a really nice event, that whole bunch of boats going down the intercoastal, having the American flag, the Trump um, signs and everything. So it was very, very exciting to go to see it. This was this past weekend, and then we were doing Trump signs, of, um, waving, and it's amazing how many people were honking for freedom. Love it. It was amazing here. We did that in Ponte Vedra Beach um, here by by Jacksonville. Um, so it was a really yeah. great honor. So I appreciate you having me on the show here, running for Congress, Florida 4th District, Fernandina Beach, St. Augustine, and Jacksonville. So thank you so much, sir. Absolutely. Well, it's always a pleasure having you here and a lot to get into tonight. Glad you could join us. All righty. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have um, former law enforcement uh, official and North Carolina State Senate candidate, Rick Padgett. Rick, how are you? I'm doing great. Looking forward to the show as always. Listen to you all the time and love getting a chance to uh, an opportunity to chat a little bit about some of the craziness that's going on and, uh, of course, defend my president and defend Michael Flynn. And, and you know, it's kind of like the Audie Murphy movie, uh, To Hell and Back. So that's what we'll do to, to win it in November. We'll be to hell and we'll be back. Amen, brother. Well, amen. And then, you know, uh, I really appreciate all your support and, uh, you know, glad you could join us tonight and, uh, you know, definitely a lot to get into. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, everybody, so as usual, uh, I'm going to go on, you know, my opening uh, Rory rants. Uh, I'm going to start with the small stuff, you know, the stuff that we haven't really been hearing about because we've been so distracted with, you know, like we have these last couple of months with Corona. I mean, that's every single time I turn on the news, Corona, Corona, Corona. It's like, you know, the media, uh, the New World Order, all these different people have done a hell of a job of, uh, you know, these fear-mongering tactics and really kind of um, just sending the wrong message and, and using their influence for all, the wrong, for all the wrong reasons. Unethical, immoral, it's disgusting what's going on. It really is. And we're, you know what? The saddest part, like I said, you know, we're, we're so kind of, focused and obsessed with this one thing that all these other things are happening and half the population has no clue about it. You know, it's, it's absolutely, it's crazy. Um, everybody, uh, wherever you may, wherever you may be listening tonight, uh, feel free to call in. We got a lot to, um, address and establish, uh, 25 countries. I want to thank all of you, um, you know, for, for your amazing, amazing, um, support. So, we have, you know, I, I want to start with this. So the NFL, these sports leagues are, are ridiculous. They're absolutely insane. I mean, they're, they're repetitive. They're overboard. Uh, they're really getting into this whole PC culture. Uh, they, they're involving sticking their nose in politics when they, that's not their lane. That's not their job. That's not what we watch them for. That's not why we go um, to a sporting event. That's not why we, you know, when I, when I go and watch sports, I'm going there to get my mind off of stuff like politics. When I want politics, I'll turn on Fox News. 
or I'll go to the media outlet that I go to and I'll read, 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 and I'll direct my focus to that. But when you combine both of the two, it's in every sort of way it's wrong. First of all, it's brainwashing. Second of all, it's bad for business. I could go on and on. You know, third, it's really in a lot of ways, how are you, how are you allowed? I mean, you know, you're you're totally dealing with something in a whole different subject matter, and really, it's been hijacked. You know, a lot of these leagues, like the NFL, for instance, um, is now saying, and tell me that this is not racist. And don't ever forget, everybody, racism can apply to white people. I don't care what anybody says. If somebody says to you, oh, well, uh, you can't be racist towards white people, then they're freaking ignorant. They don't have a goddamn clue about life. Because too, many, too often, I'm seeing people on a daily basis get away with being racist towards white people. Nothing happens to them. Nothing. Not a damn thing. You know, um, you know, a black person calls a white person a cracker. Most people don't even bat an eye. But imagine if it was the other way around. I mean, we've got to call it out like we see it. And I'm going to get to my point here in a second what the headline was. But this is what I'm about to say is what, what the NFL is doing is so racist. You know, we, we, can't, we can't, you know, set this whole double standard. We need to call out hate for what it is. You know, and when some people use the justification or the excuse, you know, and, and when they use this in a sentence, they've immediately lost. Because in my opinion, any time you bring this into the equation, race, you're, you're really just – you're trying to play some sort of victim. I mean, color, I don't see color, you know, and if you want to play that whole people of color thing, well, I'm a person of color too. You don't think white's a color? You know, it's like, it's, it's, we really need to call it out, but I don't want to get too off topic. This isn't the main thing I, I wanted to address here, but, you know, I, you know, I get on these kind of rants, but the NFL is now saying that they will give, consider, strongly consider giving more draft picks and higher draft picks to people that pick black coaches. I mean, this is the kind of – how is that not racist? You're basically excluding other ethnic groups and, you know, saying one – that's like – that's no different than saying, why don't you hire all white coaches or focus on the white coaches and you'll get rewarded. Think about it, guys. This is sick. This is what, this is what I mean by hijack. It's been taken over by groups like Black Lives Matter, like all these different social justice warrior groups, and they're, you know, whatever they do, it's all dark money, too. It's all dark money influencing this entire situation. You've got George Soros of the world. You've got all these different people um, that are in bed with these organizations. And you know why they do it? Because the more divisiveness they cause with these headlines and these narratives, the more money they're making. Because you, you're, you're giving – the audience is going to buy into this. We all know this. And whether, you know, they support your games or not, that's a whole different story. But this is going to cause, cause divisiveness when, the, like, this sort of headline comes up. It, I mean, it's common sense. You're dividing somebody by race. It's exactly what you're doing. And, you know, what, where have we come? You know, I, this was never a thing five, ten years ago in sports. It's all of a sudden became, become a recent trend since Trump got in there. You know, they're all – they're trying to play, you know, the whole kneeling thing. That's how it started and – you know, they, they, they have the, without knowing any facts, whenever they hear about a black shooting, you know, they got to jump the gun and jump to conclusions. It's just really a toxic environment. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we really need to, um, and, and obviously we saw the ratings go down several times for the NFL this past, this past season, the season before. 
Um, you know, and, and their ratings were at the all-time best before 2016 when they weren't associating themselves with political ideology. They were just paid to do, you know, what they were supposed to do. But, you know, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, it, it's crazy. Imagine, imagine if the headline was the other way around, that you're rewarding people for hiring white coaches. Imagine. Just imagine, guys. Jeez. CNN, though, as usual, MSNBC praising this, calling this a great, you know, movement for diversity in this country. Well, <laughs> favoring a race over another race and talking, basically, in a sense, talking bad about any other, as long as, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane, guys. Um, okay, I want to get into this. Um, so Joe Biden, you know, this whole Joe Biden uh, sexual harassment stuff, this misconduct, these rape allegations, uh, should be taken with the absolute um, – <clears throat> I mean, it, they, they, they shouldn't be taken lightly. 100% uh, they should be taken seriously. There, there's no going around this. There's no beating around the bush. There's no, you know, uh, justifying or making excuses. Face the music like everybody else has had to. You know, you have this slogan, believe women, believe women. But only when it, you know, when it applies to you, though, it doesn't, you know, it's not even a thing. Only if it has to do with Republicans, right? You know, that, then they're, they, must, they, they must be guilty. You know, we must believe these women. But you, you, you Democrats, you guys all stick together when, uh, you know, all you, I'm not going to say all of you, but most of you are trying to turn, the, turn a blind eye to this trying to pretend it didn't happen, all because you want to beat Trump and you're so desperate and hungry to get him out of there. But I will say this, those 25% or 30% of Democrats that, you know, are the Bernie people that are like, you know, uh, or, or the people that actually take this whole Me Too thing seriously and are calling both sides out, I applaud you guys. I may not agree with you, but the fact that you're calling out your party and I've seen about 25 to 30% of you do this, I, you know, it takes balls to do that not an easy thing, not an easy thing to do. So, you know, uh, really, uh, and that's a, that's a problem for the Democratic Party. I don't want to get too off topic here, but they're really divided. A lot of these people do not trust Joe Biden, but, you know, there's a lot that are saying, well, he's better than, he's better than Trump, so we got to get on board. But, no, I, I mean, the, the whole, these whole sexual harassment stuff, these, these allegations, I mean, there's 10 women now, and it goes into Secret Service females complaining about, I mean, we all know that he has a backstory. He swims naked around Secret Service females. I mean, they've already disclosed and, and said in the past that they felt very uncomfortable and that they weren't okay with it, and they asked him over and over to put clothes on and to respect their boundaries. But, you know, with his power and his authority and, you know, how he lives his life is that he doesn't think anything can, you know, get in the way. He thinks that he can do whatever he wants, treat people however he pleases, and Things are going to be fine. This is how the, I mean, they're, it's like their shit don't stink. It's like they have a whole other level of, uh, of standards. You know, it's like the, the special treatment like no end. It's crazy. And what a slap in the face. What a slap in the face to all these innocent people um, that, you know, are just getting harassed. Jesus. And then, you know, these politicians have the nerve. When they're, when they're guilty of it themselves, they have the nerve to come out and try to say they're for women's rights. <laughs> Give me a break. Anybody who doesn't see between the lines, 
You guys are something wrong with you. Um, so here's a new thing. Here's a new fixation obsession with the Democratic Party. Ghost guns. Now, what the hell is a ghost gun? Can someone please tell me? I mean, I obviously I know what it is. You know, you basically manufacture your own gun. In so many words, I'll, I'll pinpoint it. You, man, you manufacture and build your own gun, and you pretty much don't have the serial number on there. In a lot of ways, it's untraceable. Um, but putting legislation towards that, I don't see how that is how could how that be productive. Uh, most of these situations are where the gun is made illegally by a criminal. So what is a law? Criminals don't follow laws. Um, you know, this just sounds like another talking point and another thing they're trying to spin that their sheep will swallow, you know, and buy into. What the hell? I mean, this is like Looney Tunes. This is like insanity. Ghost guns now. Ghost guns. You know, this is going to happen regardless. I don't, you know, actually, when you put legislation, like dumb legislation like this in, it just it, it, it enables people to do it even more. Look at Joe Biden with the gun-free zones. I mean, there were more shootings after that law was passed than ever. And you know why they do this. Because it's special interest groups, dirty donors, giving them money to say all this nonsense. They don't actually believe what they're saying. A lot of the time, some of the time they do, sadly. But you know, this is this is it's it's dirty, it's crazy, and it really is. I mean, you know, I I don't think anybody is really out there, uh, or you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but law-abiding citizens don't care about ghost guns. They don't care. It's not on their mind. They go buy a gun. They go buy a gun legally. You know, it's what the hell, Jesus. Okay, um, let's go to this. So Justin Amish, I already said last week his bid was going to be very short-lived. I mean, this guy's a, an attention seeker. He's part of the swamp. He's dirty. He's corrupt. He's vile. Uh, he's unethical. Uh, this guy, and he's envious. He's envious of the president. You know, he's one of those people that um, really can't stand the fact that, uh, you know, he, he there's all these – he, he just hate like guys like Trump that come in there, you know, shake up the system that are outsiders. You know, the, Amish is a, is a is a career politician, and they they really they really are. You know, it goes deep the swamp. And a lot of these people that say they're Republican, like Justin Amish, are not Republican. You know, he's he's a rhino. He and you know he even went to an independent. He was one of the only people that voted for impeachment. He was, you know, he's been anti-Trump since day one. He says that his excuse is that he wants to utilize and go by the Constitution, and, and, you know, he wants to follow the rule of law, but there's no laws that were ever broke. I mean, this guy is no different than Romney. Uh, You know, he got less than 1%. I mean, when he, you know, was playing around with his bid, you know, it was actually last week, I think, and I even said, this isn't going to last even two weeks, and I was right. I was right. It lasted about a week, maybe less. And, you know, he wasn't polling well. Uh, he was getting terrible feedback. Uh, his, his career in terms of being in Congress uh, is done. Uh, the people in his district in Michigan will not reelect him after the stunt he pulled with Trump. Uh, you know, you, you can't do that and expect to – I mean, he'll do what pretty much every politician does 
after they're voted out. He'll go into a super PAC. He'll go lobby. He'll go, you know, do whatever he does. Um, but look at people like Joe Walsh. Look at anybody or, or you know, um, what's, the, what's the jerk off from South Carolina, the ex-governor from there? I mean, all these different people. And then Bill Wells from Massachusetts. These people were polling less than 1%, not a chance in the world. They just like to get their name in the paper and get that 15 minutes of fame, you know, and, and just like to hear themselves talk, you know, get some donations, maybe get some TV appearances, you know, whatever it may be. But they're not, you know, Justin Amish, do you really think he thought he could ever become president? Absolutely not. Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and this is a problem. You know, Justin Amish, you know, with the, with the Republican Party, I've said many times, and I'll say it again, we need to vet these people. We can't have people like Mitt Romney or Justin Amish in there, uh, you know, disrupting things, destroying things. You know, Trump says it best. Democrats, the one thing about them is that they stick together on policy. They do for the most part. I mean, they're pretty much their own little clan. Our party is so, in a lot, you know, it's not so divided, but it's, it's more divided than usual. And, you know, you, you've got people in there that, that shouldn't be. I don't know what we do to vet these people before they get elected, but there's too many establishment rats that uh, have really just, you, you can't even make this stuff up, what they've done over the years, what they've done. I mean, and Lindsey Graham and, and all these different people that I know, you know, it, it, it goes on and on. Uh, Shape, Jason Chaffetz, um, Paul Ryan's of the world. We deserve such better leadership. And, you know, I, I love how Trump has really opened the door and set the trend and, and really um, created this whole road and, and route that outsiders can follow and, and get elected into office and really woke – on both sides have woken eyes up and have really kind of put the establishment career politicians on blast. He really has. Um, so, uh, so what I, what I want to, uh, move on to now is, so here's something interesting. So Obama, you know, he, he had an inspector general that Trump fired over the weekend and this was absolutely Trump's right. It was absolutely his authority. Uh, Trump, you know, like any other past president, uh, gets to pick and choose who's in his cabinet and who isn't. And after this happened, the media made a huge fuss. They said it's an abuse of power. They said it was corruption. They said it was, you know, um, unprecedented. Maybe he should be impeached for this. Maybe he should be investigated. But don't forget, Obama did not appoint anybody to that spot for the first four years of his presidency. Did you hear the media say one damn thing about it? Did you hear them say one damn thing? Never. Not once. They kept their mouth shut. But it's like any little small thing. And every day, if you turn on the news for the most part, they'll find something new to be mad at Trump for. They'll find something new to blame him for. They'll find something new to attack him on. And whatever it may be, they, and they can twist it. They twist it so well, uh, you know, and even though it's so bad for our country, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't have ratings like they do, certain channels. You know, even though their ratings have, have been lacking and, and sinking in certain ways, you know, they, 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 they know how to play the game. Guys, you know, this, this whole thing with how are, how are you going to 
tell a president that has the absolute right what he God, like all it takes is anybody with a brain, anybody with a mind, go back and look at history. If if you're if you're if you don't if you didn't know that about the Obama administration or any previous administration, go back and look. Obama is one example of you know he didn't have, like for the first four years. Think about that. And, and Trump has I love what Trump's doing. If I were Trump, why the hell would you want anybody from the past administration who spied on you, who's tried to get secrets about you, who's tried to go undercover and you know do things that are are you know are beyond are beyond criminal. I mean, you can't – are we just supposed to welcome these people with open arms? It's like, when do you draw the line? Now I know all these different – you know, look at all these presidents that were just pushovers. It's probably because they got kept getting bullied by all these different – you know, obviously the media is more evolved now, but, you know, the, the oh, my God, it's great to have a president with a backbone. Jesus. It's like, what the hell? Um. So, you know, Bloomberg, I want to move on to this. Bloomberg, I, I hate that guy, by the way. How, how tall is he? What is he, like 5'2", five 5'1"? Five he's like a little elf. I mean, the guy's tiny. He's got to sit on booster seats. He's got to stand on high chairs. Uh, tr- remember when Trump was making funny jokes about him? Remember, remember all that stuff? I mean, that, that was just classic. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he got himself in the race, spent all that money. What was it, like $500 million? And uh, <laughs> couldn't even pull it 1%. Mini Mike. Mini Mike, remember? But anyways, we all know Bloomberg likes to disrupt things. He loves to cause division. He's involved with many different uh, organizations that are third world ideology. Uh, his next obsession is trying to turn my state of Arizona blue with gun control. Uh, he's funding a, a bunch of gun control groups. And obviously we know who he's endorsing is astronaut Mark Kelly, uh, who's running against Martha McSally. And to be honest with you, I'm not really a Martha McSally fan. Um, I think she's a rhino. Um, I'm, a, I, you know, I'm actually more of a fan of Kristen Cinema, who's the current Democrat, but she's, uh, you know, definitely been the best moderate I've seen in, in so long. But anyways, that's, I don't want to get off topic. But Mark Kelly, um, you know, he wants he wants to take people's guns. We all know the Mark Kelly story. His wife, uh, Gabby Gifford, I think that's her name. Is it something Gifford? Uh, she was involved with one of the shootings years ago, and um, it was a whole story. It was a whole situation, um, but, you know, you guys can read about that. But, yeah, I mean, trying to turn Arizona blue, one of the places that's most Republican, uh, it's the wild, wild west. Uh, you know, we may have some moderates here. Uh, we may have people that aren't all the way red. I mean, it is majority red, but very, very few people in this state are communist to, to the extent that you're going to you know, take away their firearms. I mean, it's not that left ever, you know, unless people from California, which, you know, sadly uh, are bringing their, their shit here. You know, I just don't think there's enough California people that have already moved to Arizona that could make it, make an effect. But, you know, and think about this. I know that we have a Democrat in there right now, but keep in mind, guys, she's not a leftist. She's a moderate. That's why she got elected. She, a leftist w- won't get elected in Arizona. And if Mark Kelly keeps playing that card, he's not going to get elected. A moderate, a moderate, I mean, you know, somebody that's actually going to work with the president like Cinema. yeah, yeah, but no way. I mean, and think about Bloomberg. You know, this is, these are the evil people of the world. You know, going into a state, trying to disrupt 
and interfere with its culture. You know, and this, this, this is what their target and their agenda is. Even though there's so much more bigger problems in the world, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, here's, here's something. And the Democrats are not stopping. They're not quitting. They're, they're never going away with this. Now they're telling the Supreme Court that they may impeach the president again in 2021, assholes. You're not going to be in charge in 2021 because we're going to win back the House. We're going we're to get more seats in the Senate. We're going to win re-election by a landslide. I mean, if any, uh, here's an indication right here. Look at the seat in California last week. We won that by double digits. We didn't just win it. We annihilated. First time some, a Republican has taken over that seat in over 20 years. If that, California people are, want it back to Reagan style. They want the whole moderate situation back. They're sick of this leftist communism bullshit. They're sick of it. They're tired of it. It's, it's not working. You know, it's, it needs to be just common sense. The homelessness epidemic, all the poverty, it's really, I mean, you know, at some point people have just had enough. They're driving the middle class out in doves, either the very rich there or the very poor. You know, it's, um, fuck, I mean, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? The, 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 this whole narrative, I mean, they can't stop him. They can't, they can't beat Trump, so they try to get rid of him. Even though he's not guilty of anything, they make up things, and whatever sticks, whatever they can twist the best is what they'll go with. They've tried over and over various things, whether it's Russia, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's race, whether it's Twitter. It's like they find things, they go out of their way to be offended, offended by. And they, they try to look for things that they can, you know, every day. Rather than focusing on policy or legislation for their people, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. This is what their priorities are in division. You guys pulled this once and you guys think it's going to fly again. Do you, know, you guys know how many people are pissed at you? There's people that hate Trump. But they hate you, too, because you led them on this fishing expedition, and nothing ever happened to them. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, you love to hear yourselves talk. You really do. And a guy that can't even form a complete sentence or count to four, you think is going to drag you across the finish line? Give me a break. Give me a break. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and William Barr came out the other day, and it pisses me the fuck off. Excuse my French. This pisses me off, though. He came out and he said he's not going to investigate Obama or Biden. Well, why the hell not? Why the, why the hell not are you going to investigate him? I mean, look at what we're going up against. We have, a pre, we have the, the ex-vice president. We have the ex-vice president who is running against the current president who is involved with one of the biggest scandals ever in history. Conflict of interest much? Conflict of interest much? I mean, you have Joe Biden. You have Joe Biden who literally has knows all everything about the Obama administration. Every single thing that we're hearing about, all these revelations, he's tied with, and he's still allowed to – I mean, think about the – I mean, this, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. And the evidence is there. 
It's clear. It's visible. If this was a Republican, their life would be over. They would not – you couldn't even show your face if you were a Republican. I mean, they're, the Democrats are beyond protected. And they don't – you know what? They never are held to the same standard, like I said earlier in the show. It's a whole nether level of insanity delusion, what these people think. You know, how, how, they think their shit don't stink. They think they're above the law. They're not above the, the law. They aren't. We should all, you know, face the music. And I even called out Republicans. Whenever they, Republicans, have done something, I've called them out. For instance, last week, Richard Burr, I think the guy should absolutely pay the price for insider trading. Call corruption out on both sides. Call it as you see it. Don't play, you know, that that game of favorites. Okay, um, so... The Pope is the biggest antichrist on earth. I can't stand this guy. Uh, you know, and I miss the old days, like John Paul II, where they didn't talk about politics. They didn't, you know, leave their lane. They stuck with what they knew, what is, you know, doing their job. But nowadays, you've got everything all over the place with social media, whatever. But anyways, Pope Francis at it again, you know, shooting his shit. He loves to hear himself talk, saying, you know, Comparing illegal immigrants to Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's gone that far. The savior of, of Christianity. Try, I mean, that, that's how low, that's how low this, this guy just went. Trying to compare. I mean, you've got to be out of this world on a different planet of, of ignorance to even make that sort of statement. What the hell is wrong with people, especially this guy? Get him out of there. The Vatican is more corrupt now than it's ever been. I'm reading one story after the other of pedophiles, you know, priests that are messing around with little kids getting protected over there, um, you know, all these dirty donations he's taking, um, you know, I mean, whatever it may be, talking about how great transgenders are, how we should accept them. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't add up, you know, and then saying how illegals should be welcome no matter what, regardless of their background and what their criminal status is. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, you know what? It, it's, it really is insanity. It really is. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into the main stuff here. Uh, so I want to bring up just Corona thing, many different things going on. President Trump, first of all, announced yesterday that he is taking hydrochloroquine. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and as usual, the media flipped out, started twisting the narrative, started making stuff up, lying, fabricating, not telling the truth at all, um, completely. And that, frankly, they didn't, they don't even read the, the facts about hydrochloroquine. They go off this narrative that it's fishbowl cleaner, that it's going to kill you, that it's detrimental to your health, when in reality, it saved many lives. And you know the reason they're trying to uh, push this narrative of saying it's bad? It's because it's so cheap. They want pharmaceuticals to, you know, they're in bed with them. They want the highest price so they can benefit off of it. And then the media, we all know the media is involved. The pharmaceuticals are definitely in bed with the media. No doubt about it. Absolutely. The media is so controlled by all these different groups. I mean, whether it's pharmaceuticals, whether it's Wall Street, whether it's politicians, it's go on and on. But, I mean, guys, don't, 
don't fall for it. I mean, anybody with a brain knows if you read facts, hydrochloroquine has been prescribed by many doctors to treat malaria, uh, treat different things, different sicknesses. It's also, by the way, uh, they want to they say, well, their talking point and their excuse is, well, it's not approved by the FDA. Well, why are doctors getting it? There's a lot of doctors that give stuff, you know, on, on their own terms, you know, on their own terms and on their own, um, you know, on their own risk, don't have a label on it that aren't approved by the FDA, and it works. So this whole argument and saying, you know, and Dr. Drew went on a podcast the other day and talked about this perfectly. It was awesome perspective. He made it very clear that just because the FDA hasn't approved it doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of doctors that, you know, don't go with everything the FDA says. And look at the studies in Italy. Italy has came out very positive. Uh, look at the representative. I think it was in the state of Michigan. She was a Democrat, and her life was about to end. And she took it, and then she was saved. And there's so many other examples. There was another big name. I forget his name, but he took it, and he's fine. There's examples of where this works. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we need to really – and that's scary. Think about that. You've got the media now messing with people's lives, and this is like life or death. Think about what they're doing. They're telling somebody to take something that can potentially save their existence and life. Jesus. Um, so, you know, I, I want to bring this up. You know, with this, with this, all of all of everything going on. You know, the, the lawsuit, the lawsuits are happening like crazy. Uh, this whole Corona thing. Ever since um, states have opened back up, though, we need to mention this. There has been no spikes in Corona. There has been no spikes. Not one spike. Everything has been perfectly well maintained. You know, well, well, well played. I mean, you, these people are fine. And think about all the time we wasted, all the lives we really ruined and messed up and screwed over that had nothing to do with this virus. You, had, you have suicide rate up. You have uh, substance abuse up. You have over 30 million Americans unemployed. You know, they want to say, well, this virus can kill all, this, all these people. Well, not working can too. When you don't eat, when you starve, you usually die. People, a lot of people die from starvation every year. Why isn't the media talking about that? You know, and really, in reality, this whole virus only affects the very vulnerable, the ones that are, you know, 80, 90 years old. The very young people never feel a damn thing. They never feel a damn thing. And that's, what, that's what's crazy about this. That's what's crazy is that all the wrong information, all the wrong information. People, the media's narrative is trying to generalize and say, all of you are at risk, all of you doesn't matter what you're saying. I mean, come on. It, the reality is if you have a strong immune system, then you're fine. You have nothing to worry about. Relax. Um, I want to I bring this up. You know, it's a whole double standard. Like I said, it's a whole different standard, a whole other level. You know, these governors and these different uh, people that have power, you know, tell all of us how to live. But then they give their family and their different relatives all these special treatments. And one of many examples is, uh, Illinois Governor Pritzker has admitted uh, that his wife uh, fled the state during stay-at-home order. You know, you've got all these other people that are supposed to abide by what you put into place, but 
It's do as I say, not as I do. I mean, this is how these people operate. It's sick. It's sad. And it totally goes against what these people say they stand for, which is for we the people. You know, and, and I'm seeing all these different distractions. We now have a Soros-funded group that is trying to do vote-by-mail mandatory. They're trying to do that. Uh, and it goes on and on. I mean, this is the new obsession with the Democrats. They want mandatory mail-in ballots. Mandatory. No matter what. They already have all these different routes and areas of voter fraud that they keep capitalizing on. And then they, they just want to add another one, another situation where they can profit and, you know, get dirty votes. I mean, whether it's illegal aliens, whether it's dead people voting, whether it's non-registered votes, I mean, whatever it may be, you've got felons voting, it's crazy. It really is, and it never ends. Um, you know, and, he, he, you know, I, want, I really want to say that these, these, these situations with corona and with how we are, are, you know, every doctor, it seems like, or every scientist has a different opinion. You know, it's like they're – and they are being paid. Some of these people, uh, you know, you go on one channel and they'll say one thing, then you go on a different one, and it's a whole other ideology. You know, uh, scary, though, when you're actually not being told what's actually real. I mean, instead, it's a, a total one-sided, one-dimension um, agenda. All, you know, all about money. It really is. Okay, um, before we get to the panel, I, I just want to say, uh, Christopher Ray. I didn't mention this earlier, but it's time for him to go. Um, we see he's had many chances over and over the last couple years uh, to fix whatever the problem was. Uh, he, tr- he, you know, he tried to stay out of it and act like a like a wimp, like Jeff Sessions. Uh, we all know why uh, he's he's not uh, forth in taking action because he's he's part of the deep he's part of the deep state. He's part of the swamp. He's part of the Brennan Clapper, uh, you know, jerk off. He's part of this this whole uh, situation. And speaking of Clapper, um, you had Clapper on on CNN the other day being asked about this situation and about testifying. And then when they asked him a hard question, he immediately cut off the screen. And I'm like, how convenient. These people are getting interviewed, and when it's questions they don't want to answer, they just cut the cord. And this guy, he acted like he, you know, suddenly something random happened, like he was, I mean, come on, you, you purposely hung up. But no, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's like, what, what are we, what are we living in a, I've never seen anything like this. I never have. And, and, you know, we can, we can talk about all these different things. We can talk about, you know, but, but in reality, uh, the D.C., I don't know if it's ever going to be 100%. I mean, Trump can fix a lot of the problems there. He can solve a lot of the issues. Um, but it's so much more than eight years, in my opinion. I mean, it's so much more than that. I mean, this is – you're talking 50 to 60 to 70 years of, of a pile, of a pile, pile. And Think about what happens when people retire. They just hand off the throne and the crown to somebody else to continue the, the dark nonsense. It's true. That's what we're dealing with. Um, I want to go to uh, retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Valsi. Michael, I'll start with you. Go ahead. Thanks, Roy. Yeah, you know, uh, wow, I don't even know where to start here. 
I'll tell you where I'm going to start with hydroxychloroquine because I think there's some issues that need to be cleared up here, especially for yeah. your listeners, because right. the media has people in a panic. I want people to understand there's two different drugs. One is chloroquine. Yeah, they, they got it mixed one up. They're trying to tell people that hydrochloroquine well, was chloroquine. They're trying to mix it up. Well, well, they're trying to make it sound like it's all the same drug, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. Right. Chloroquine was the original drug that came out around 1934. It had some side effects. They modified that drug into hydroxychloroquine, which really has zero side effects for the most part. It's not any more dangerous than taking an aspirin. I mean, it, there's not, not much to it. The other thing I want to mention is the, uh, the VA study. They keep likening this thing to, right? In order for this thing to treat COVID-19, the flu, or pneumonia, which it cures all three, it has to be given with the azithromycin, which is the ZPAC, and the zinc. But that uh, three-drug cocktail or protocol is what cures the, uh, the actual virus. Big Pharma fights it because look at how much money they don't even lose on, on COVID-19. Look how much money they lose on the annual flu and pneumonia. Just a couple of years ago, we had 80,000 people died from flu and pneumonia. That's a lot of trips to the doctor, a lot of trips into the ERs. And if you have a simple drug like this that can cure that, Big Pharma loses a lot of money. I, I was so happy to hear the president say he was taking this. I had told somebody weeks ago, I said, don't be surprised if the president's not taking hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic. Because hydroxychloroquine alone now, without the, the additional two drugs, serves as a prophylactic. Hence the reason they were giving it to people before they went to Africa or traveled abroad so they wouldn't get uh, malaria. Drugs serves as a, as a vaccine. This is all going to come out. I think it's going to come out sooner than what you think. I noticed in your show notes you had about the manufacturing drugs in the United States. I think that's critical, and I think Trump is working very, very hard. I think that comes back to the meeting he had in the Oval Office with the pharmaceutical industry. I think he pretty much laid out that's what he expected. But I also think there's another aspect of that, and I think that's the manufacturing of our own elements, uh, mining our own elements for the manufacturing of some of these drugs. Right now, we're totally dependent on China for that. We have those elements here in the United States that can be mined, which helps in the process of, of manufacturing in the end. So yeah, I just wanted to get that like out because I don't think people should fear this, and I think they shouldn't hesitate to ask their doctors. And yeah. I think these states are going to be forced to loosen it up. You saw what happened in Texas. I, I posted that on Twitter. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. Once that woman started making some noise, that female doctor, about having to dis disclose what she was prescribing it for, all of a sudden the Texas uh, Board of Health loosened up the restrictions on that. Right. And, and I, my, I, my, if we're at a time in America where people need to speak out, they need to protest, they need to defy some of these government edicts, and we need to get back to business here in America. And think about this, Michael, so, think, think about this for a second. Think about this. I mean, with China, I mean, we can't, we can't trust any, uh, you know, China pretty much controls the majority in terms of where we get our med supply from. And I think it's great that the White House finally took action on this because after this sort of pandemic, you can never, ever rely on an untrustworthy country ever again. I mean, this, it went to a whole nother level. I mean, these people 
it's criminal. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do to us in the future. We don't know what their intentions are. And, you know, we know why uh, people buy drugs from there is because it's way cheaper. And China uh, has had this power and this influence for the longest time, and nobody has ever had the courage or the balls to second-guess it or, or to, you know, to hold them accountable. And, you know, finally we have a president that is. I agree 100%. And I think you and I have talked about this before. I think that's one of the reasons he improved the relations with India and Modi over there. I think you're seeing other countries around the world now starting to turn against Russia. Italy has demanded Bill Gates be arrested. They've demanded investigations. The European Union, Australia, Sweden, and a bunch of other countries have demanded investigations of the World Health Organization and China and their role in this whole COVID-19 thing. You know, and I'm afraid what's happening in America is we're getting to a point where this virus now is more about the election and less about the virus. And that's a big concern, and I would hope people would wake up to that. Uh, but that's about all I want to say on that. I, like I said, I was really pleased to find out the president was taken. And I, like I said, that's the first in a long line of information that I think we're going to get about hydroxychloroquine. Uh, your concerns about Bill Barr and his statements about uh, Obama and Biden, I'm, I'm a little less concerned than you are, and I'm going to give you the analogy, and I'll, I'll let you decide how you feel about it. And, and real quick, I just want to say about that as well. I want to add something to that real quick before you comment, and I, I know you'll want to hear this too, but uh, Lindsey Graham just said the other day that he's not interested in investigating Obama or – well, not – well, they're, they're, they're going to say so – supposedly they're going to investigate it, but we all know usually how that turns out, especially somebody like Lindsey Graham, because he's involved with well, Obama. But he... Lindsey Graham said he was against having uh, Biden and Obama testify, but why not? I mean, they're the people that know it all. I mean, they're the people that were behind this, this whole mess. I mean, that's the people that you need, but I, it'll I... never happen if we have these politicians in there. Go ahead, though. Sorry. I, I, I agree. I agree, Roy. He did say that he didn't want to call Obama. He did uh, – somebody released a list from his office of 53 people he plans to subpoena uh, the first week of June, and Joe Biden yeah. found that list. Okay, right. so with that, I'm less concerned. I, I paid more attention to, to Barr's wording. He said, I've seen nothing today that would indicate – he didn't say he wasn't prosecuted. He said, I didn't see anything today that would tell me Durham is investigating Biden and Obama today. Now, yeah. that brings me to another thing. If you remember the Kavanaugh hearings, yeah. speaking of Lindsey Graham, he, he interrogated Kavanaugh over military tribunals. And I shouldn't say interrogated. He questioned him, he questioned him about military tribunals. And they specifically brought up a specific case called the Hamlet case that the Supreme Court ruled on in 2004. And what that case dealt with was whether or not you could try U.S. civilians in a military court, okay, U.S. citizens in a military court. And the Supreme Court upheld Hamley and said you can if they're considered to be terrorist or treasonous or seditious. So let's remember now, these people were officials of the you know, formal officials of the United States government, some of the things they did were seditious, were treasonous. They could very easily be tried in a military tribunal. So don't, 
let's not overlook that. And I thought going back to that uh, that exchange between Graham and Kavanaugh and his confirmation, and I thought was critical. So I'm a little more encouraged by that. I think uh, I think you know as long as the citizen is afforded due process, which we would do in any courtroom for the most part, we're not barbaric like some countries. I mean, we're going to give people due process, whether it be a military tribunal or in a, in a regular U.S. courtroom. So with that, I think uh, I think justice will be served down the road. As far as race race concerned, you know, I'm a little less skeptical of him, I guess, only because if you notice, we've had a steady drip of information as the D class is coming out. We're in about week three of about what should be about a 10-week process taking us to about the 4th of July, where the public will learn the entire declassification. That sets the stage for who and how people are going to be arrested. And there's plenty of those coming, I can guarantee you. So it's a steady stream. Now the media is choosing to spin it. At some point, they're going to reach a point where they can't spin everything. People are starting to wake up. You're seeing it. You're seeing it by the results of some of the elections that you mentioned. You know, you have the California election, the Wisconsin election, where the Republicans won seats. There was no way anybody ever thought they could win. So I think people are waking up, and this D-class is going to wake a lot more people up as it continues to come out. You know, today we had the Susan Rice letter released, uh, the letter she wrote to herself, the email. Uh, in the Oval Office. We also had the, the phone conversation. I don't know if you mentioned that, the phone conversation between Biden and the president of the Ukraine, Poroshenko, after Poroshenko fired the prosecutor. We've all seen the clip on TV of him bragging yeah. about the prosecutor being fired. Today they released a phone call between Biden and Poroshenko after the prosecutor was fired. And they discussed the arrangements on how he's going to get the billion dollars to the Ukraine. That's damning to Biden. And, you know, that brings me to this. If you heard that representative, I'm not sure if he's, she's the head of the, she's not the head of the DNC, but I think she's a spokesperson. She said the Democrats have to have their convention because they need to nominate a candidate because Joe Biden is not going to be their nominee. Right. So we I know guess. there's going to be a change there's a change of yeah, I mentioned there's that, a I change mentioned of show last week. Yeah, when I saw that woman on TV saying that, I'm like, really? Did she just say that? And there's not enough Democrats even talking about that video. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I I didn't think initially I didn't think they were going to keep him as the nominee either. And I don't I still if they want to win or if they want they're not they're not going to win regardless. But if they want a strong candidate, it's not him. Yeah, I, I just want to go back to one thing, though, about Ray. Remember, yes. Barr dictates when this D-class is going to happen. So if Ray was sitting on information, he was probably sitting on it at the request of Barr. Uh, and for those people that are still down on Jeff Sessions, don't think you you wouldn't have gotten Nexium, you wouldn't have got the Epstein arrest, you wouldn't have got a lot of, a lot of the stuff on the human trafficking, child trafficking, uh, some of the stuff that was going on if it wasn't for Sessions. So I'm not quite as down on him as some other people are. And you mentioned about Clapper, you know, all his mic went bad. You know, you're going to have a lot of people that you're going to see very little of now. Uh, probably Brennan and 
Clapper and a few of those other people that have been in and out of TV, uh, Andrew McCabe, almost all of them have uh, lawyered up at this point. So I don't imagine they're going to be doing much talking. Uh there was a couple of oh, the other thing I wanted to mention here was, uh, you know, it's sure beginning to seem with all the holdovers that were in the Trump administration that Obama was basically running a shadow government with these people, still controlling the Democratic House, still controlling these people like Atkinson and like this other uh, Inspector General Trump just got rid of, still controlling all these people. In essence, that's basically what he was doing, was running a shadow government. And, you know, at some point, you just can't let, let him get away with that, which makes me think this is headed towards a military tribunal. I really believe that. So uh, I would just say stay tuned because I think it's going to heat up before, uh, before long. I was glad to see that uh, Sidney Powell filed the uh, writ of Van Davis and Van Davis with the court in the General Flynn case. Basically, uh, in case you didn't know, a few weeks ago, the Supreme Court had ruled on amicus briefs, right, that they were being overused and they had no place in, like, these kind of cases where the prosecution and the attorneys, uh, defense attorney agree that the case is going to be dropped. So what Judge Sullivan did was absolutely wrong and in violation of what the Supreme Court just ruled. So a writ of mandamus filed with the appellate court. I look for the appellate court to hear that quickly. And that case will be thrown out. So General Flynn should be freed. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to. Uh, I was talking about that um, last week on my show, the whole em- Emmett Sullivan thing. I mean, it's like these people can't accept. And by the way, to remind everybody, Emmett Sub- Sullivan, Emmett Sullivan, sorry, was appointed by Bill Clinton. So we all know uh, that he's totally in bed with, with the Democratic Party. And this was a total political hit job. There's no doubt about it. You know, Roy, we're going to learn, you know, that General Flynn wasn't the only one. Obviously, we know Manafort. We know what they did to Papadopoulos, what, we did, what they did to Gates, what they did to uh, to uh, Roger Stone, uh, Katie McFarland, the FBI raided her house. Uh, this information is going to start coming out. Some of these judges, like Sullivan, like the judge in the Roger Stone case, they have to be pretty uneasy at this point because they're not out of the woods. They can be indicted, too. You know, I don't think they're just worried about being replaced. I think they're worried about being indicted at this point. Uh, there's not 100 and almost 60,000 some sealed indictments sitting there with nobody's name on it. I guarantee you that. I do want to make a final point, Roy, and that is about some of these prisoners that are releasing and having been in law enforcement. This, this just is becoming a serious issue for me. They just, uh, they, releasing they made, these they, they're releasing criminals. People that have, I mean, we're talking pedophiles. We're talking murderers. And you're a retired police chief and homicide detective. You've seen everything. So it probably makes you just furious. Well, it makes me sick to my stomach because I know what law enforcement officers go to. And I know how busy they can be, especially in some of the inner cities, and how hard it is to put people away. You know, we have something in this country called due process. And the presumption of innocence is, is with the defendant. So you have to put a pretty serious case together to put these people away. And all of a sudden, because you're going to use this virus as an excuse to release them from prison, and now the right. police who are already burdened, the police are burdened. Think about this. The, the police are burdened dealing only with 5 to 10% of the people. 
That's all they do. Yeah. Daily. It's the same five to ten percent of the population all the time. Okay. Now you're gonna yeah. all these criminals on them. You know, birds of a feather flock together. They're gonna flock to other criminals, and the crime rates are gonna soar. Yeah, I have, I have a serious point. issue with that, and I and I think people should be up in arms and be protesting against these governors over that. Uh, and, and what people and I, and I will say, understand. I, I, I think what I want to say. I want to say real quick. What people need to understand is that they're not just letting people out with small crimes. They almost let the Green River killer out, who's killed almost a hundred people, and their excuse was coronavirus. I mean, they're by one boat. He, 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 luckily, they kept him in there. But think about that. By one vote, you're going to let out one of the most notorious serial killers of all time. You know, it's not a problem to secure these people from this illness or any illness in a prison, as it is not a problem to secure nursing homes. You know, they chose not to. They chose to send COVID patients to nursing homes, some of these radical Democratic governors. You know, and it's it's a simple case here. You treat you get the COVID person out of the com, out of the uh, the congregation of inmates, right? Uh, you can treat that. There's there's ways to do that. You restrict the number of people that are taking care of those people. The guards, same guards all the time. Maybe you can do different things. They, I mean, we didn't have the the nursing home outbreak in Florida that we had in New York City or any other of other states. Florida handled it properly. Right. You know, I just you can't help to you wonder know, there was, you can't help to wonder if that was politics, was, you know, and all in these places run by Democrats with well, these man, that's why issues. I preface this that's why I preface much of this was is this about the election or is this about the virus? You know, when they there was a study that came out recently, it was like one point four million coronavirus cases, I believe it was, in blue states. 1.3, almost 1.4 million in the red states. Yet the red states are open and the blue states aren't. Now it's becoming a political thing. You know, I, I, and what concerns me the most, Roy, I finish up on this point, is that they have the public panic. And I think the sooner the president can start to relieve that panic, the more people will be more prone to go about their daily business. So with that, that's about all I have for today. Well, let me ask you real quick. What are your thoughts on that NFL policy? What are your thoughts on that? What, what you know, Warren, I do have some thoughts on that, and that's the fact that, you know, the NFL lost attendance and they lost viewership on television just over the kneeling situation. People don't want politics in their sports. They don't want to talk politics when they go to sporting events. They sure don't want to have it thrown in their face. Look at what happened to ESPN and their viewing audience. It went to the trash as soon as they inserted politics into their broadcast. You know, they they just don't want it. And I don't know why the NFL and some of these other sports things are are choosing to do that, but uh, the people will reject it. I mean, the sports fans will reject that. Even though I think right now there's a, a want and a need to have sports return, I think it will turn off a lot of people. They've been without it, and they'll continue to be without it. I agree. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy time. Um, Michael Balsey, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Roy. Um, I do want to go to, I, be, I believe he's with us, 
Uh, let's go to U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, um, Dr. Aguilar. What are your thoughts, sir? Yep, Eric Aguilar over here. Well, quite a bit of things to go through this week, isn't it? Quite. So, you know, part of it, let's go ahead and do it with the NFL on there. That, you know, it, it's really silly at the end of the day. Whatever happened to, hey, there's a person for the best job. I don't know where do we move away from that to go ahead and actually start having like a race take a role in who gets a job. It's interesting. I remember when I was in the military that they started doing some things um, about advancement and there were advancement on demographics. And I'm like, what is that? It's like, Oh, if you're like a particular, you know, race, then you go ahead and you could go ahead and get promoted. And I'm like, well, that's kind of nonsense. It's like, why would you want to go ahead and promote somebody just based on their race? That doesn't make any sense. It's like, who does the better job? Who is the sailor that's going out there, making it happen, and going above the call of duty in a way to get the promotions and try to go move in there? So this is all very silly when it comes to the NFL and trying to go ahead and just pick on, you know, if you're a black coach or a brown coach or whatever coach in there. So I agree with you, 100% agree with you. That is just silly, and everybody's a color, right? But it shouldn't be that way. It should be about performance at the end of the day. That's what counts. Yeah. And then, Absolutely. and then when it also comes to, um, you, you mentioned. Uh, I remember seeing with Dana Perino. I saw Dino Brazil going back to. You mentioned about that. I think it was Copper that just hung up. And I remember watching the skit with Ari Fleshner and um, and, and Dino Brazil and Dino. Um, Dana Perino a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, Ari, Ari asked uh, Donna Brazil, do you believe Tara Reid? Do you believe Tara Reid? And kept asking the question, she would avoid it. And all of a sudden, her dog started barking. I think she had a machine because these dogs kept going and going and going and going. It was pretty funny at the end of the day because every time she tried to answer, all of a sudden, the dog's perfect timing on there. So it's very interesting how they try to avoid some of the questions. Eventually she answered the question. She says, I believe Joe Biden, but Tara Reid can tell her story. Interesting, right? So Yeah, no it and is. then no. so quite a bit of things in there. No, I agree with you. A lot of establishment politicians, they all need to go ahead and go out. I think this is not the place as we move forward of what is the voice of the people. And what do the people actually want, not personal interest? One, I think we're going around here in the district to the service above self. And, and believe it or not, a lot of the, uh, the local politicians here, the elected leaders, they're actually really on board with uh, basically having the voice of the people and, and service above self. But there's still quite a bit around here that, you know, we need to go ahead and kind of drain the swamp. And that's what we're going to go ahead and do here, uh, more to go ahead and drain that swamp so that we could actually have people that are service above self. And that's one of the biggest reasons when I'm running here also is we do have an establishment person that they really don't do nothing. He's not even nowhere around, unfortunately, but we're going to go ahead and give him better representation. Uh, so, you know, we're going to go ahead and definitely have the people um, let their voice be heard all around um, the COVID-19 now all over the place. I guess everybody is definitely tired in Florida. We just started opening up at 50%. I think they should go ahead and open up more because all the social distancing and you know, a lot of the small businesses have been doing it for a while. And they've been practicing and even the gyms because we just started to go ahead and have the gyms open. Uh, and, and Walmart, 
performer. They didn't practice it that much. <laughs> but crazy people, don't, they don't really have any restrictions on them, right? So we're opening it on more floor, which is really great. Got to go ahead and get people back to work. I know I sometimes go to the restaurants. I go ahead and go eat there. This is my wife or one of the, the meetings that I may have in there. And people are so happy they're back to work. They don't care about their 1,200 one-time stimulus check. They want to get to work, and they want to get their steady paycheck. They want to put forward to retirement. They want to go ahead and keep having the, the health care, paying for the health care, you know, and just live life. Feel that independence. And for some reason, it seems like other governors, they want to go ahead and take that away, which is pretty sad if you look at it at the end of the day, that they want to go ahead and, and remove some of the people's freedom, which is wrong at the end of the day. But it seems like they, they could go ahead and take the power away from people. <laughs> And one of the things that people have to realize on that, there is a, there's a Title 18, uh, United States Code, Section 242. I don't know if anybody heard of that before. It is called Deparation of Rights Under Color of Law, which is basically saying that it is a crime for any elected official to go ahead and deprive any rights, privileges, or immunities secured or protected by the constitutional laws of the United States of America. And any of that, they could go ahead and be violated, and they could actually go to prison for, for that. So it's going to be very interesting how they're going to go ahead and uphold all these governors and all these different um, areas that are trying to go ahead and keep people of stay-at-home orders. Because constitutionally, we know that they can't go ahead and do that. So now it's going to be really interesting how the courts are going to look at this COVID-19. So it's going to be more stay tuned. But I would say that the court is going to go ahead and rule on the side of the people that those governors and those officials, they overstepped their boundaries. So the president yep. was right to go ahead and make sure that we will have those rights and we're not going to go ahead and take that on. And you see how some of those governors, they are overstepping their boundaries and they know that they're yep. wrong for overstepping their boundaries. And look at, I mean, look at even Whitmer. Yeah, and look at look at what levels they've gone to. I mean, we're talking yeah. in Oregon, for instance, and, and we'll talk. Yeah, I definitely want you to talk about Whitmer, that crazy nut job in Michigan. I mean, she's about as communist as you get. But anyways, in Oregon, there was a situation where a woman opened up her salon because she couldn't she couldn't she was not able to pay the bills. She had to get back to work. Everybody knows Oregon's still on lockdown. And then the governor had CPS, Child Protective Services try to go after her kid. I mean, they're going to that they're going to that low of a level. They're sinking that low where they're going after people's families for I mean trying to make a living. I mean, the constitution, you know, was built for situations like this. This totally goes against what what our country was built upon, you know, and, and our morals and our and our ethics and, and our, our principles. And our traditions, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, the stuff I'm reading. And then, you know, I, I just keep telling people, I mean, from what the way I describe it, the way I see things, my viewpoint, if, if government keeps doing this in various states, just open. More people keep opening. There's not, I mean, what are they going to do? If, if, if people, like, you, there needs to be leaders, and people need to follow that lead. Otherwise, I could see the lockdown going months and months and more and more people being in poverty, more and more people being homeless, more and more people, you know, being suicidal, using drugs. I mean, there's mm -hmm. all these different things that are coming out with polling, whether it's uh, spouse uh, issues. There, there's more divorces now. There's more drug use. There's more suicide. Um, this whole situation, the disease 
is way less severe than how many lives this has affected on so many different levels. You're going to have more suicide than you will for people that actually died from this virus. It's crazy. And no. I'm sick of – No, it's – yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're on the right track, my friend. Right, but, but just the economy. I mean, it, you know, just shutting yeah. the, the economy down, you know, ruining people's lives. I mean, over 30 million people out of a job. And, you know, they want to talk about, oh, well, you can die. You can die if you go out there from the virus. Well, you can also die from starvation and not providing for your family. You can die from being homeless. I mean, there's so many people die, hundreds of thousands die from starvation every year. Nobody talks about it. It's ridiculous. I mean, no. go ahead, though. Uh, you know, I know you have to No, I agree. I agree because even here in the district, one of the things that we found out, and I, um, I do some things with Micah's backpack, is that even some children have food insecurity. We sometimes will go ahead and pack lunches for them to go ahead and take for the weekend. And that way they can have something to eat. And then in the, when they come back to school, they're able to go ahead and have some food because they have food insecurity. So can you imagine that? We're giving billions of dollars away to other countries. In the meantime, our families are starving here. Whatever happened to America first? I sometimes wonder, right. that. where, where do we go wrong? We're giving all this money, and then we impeach a president because of the aid that is basically our money. We want him to be responsible with our money at the end of the day, and then we, we have this nonsense. And then I think they're going to try to do impeachment 2.0. They're trying all kinds of crazy things on there. I sometimes wonder, imagine if the president did not have all these obstructionists, what we could have done in four years. you imagine that, Rory? What we could have done in four years. could have done so many things. And hopefully in the next one, we're going to win re-election, and we're going to go ahead and keep doing good things. And, you know, one of the things that I always worry, and maybe we'll talk about that in, in a different show, is what would the future look like in 2024 and 2028? How is that going to look yeah. like? How are we going to go and keep our America first? And that's one of the things that I'm advocating right. we're going to go for Congress is to always right. keep that going, that America first, America first. We take care of our families. We take care of our communities. That is going to be the number one priority every single time. We keep them secure. We send them properly. We give them the right education, and we'll move forward and become even a greater nation. And, and I think where that's it where starts, we're hoping to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think where mm -hmm. it starts in 2024 is obviously uh, keeping the legacy going of Trump and putting Don Jr. Yeah. in there um, and having a president that continues to put America first, as well as uh, America first Congress and America first uh, Senate. And then, I mean, we'll have everything right. that we ever wanted. I mean, we get rid of these rat politicians. And you know what I love, what mm -hmm. I talk about on my show often, is Trump has created uh, an outlet and a, and a total route and opened the door for outsiders like yourself to really capitalize and really – uh, get in there and, and fight for uh, what it what it means uh, to to be in D.C., which is you know working for we the people, and um, you know it's really uh, the movement. It's a movement. I mean, we've we've seen more outsiders running now than ever before. Yeah, no, and we need to go to keep that energy going. We need to keep that energy going for the next generation, the future generations, so that way we would never lose that America first. Because I can't believe we're at that crossroad or at that tipping point. Where we could have lost this. Because we yep. have sellout politics at the end of the day. They're selling out America. And, and for what? What are they selling it out for? For nothing. And they're going to go ahead and take us on there. So I'm kind of glad that we have, um, you know, a people, more power to the people. We're able to go ahead and create our own government. We don't like this one. We abolish it. And we go ahead and create a new government. We vote better people in. And, but the focus should always be America first, no matter what. Let's never lose that focus. 
True. Very true. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, got, you got any other thoughts? No, no, go ahead. I know you got a big panel in there. I appreciate you having me on again. And my website, ericforcongress.com. So for those that are listening, go ahead and check it out. Look at the solutions. One of the things about here in the Navy is that we, we look at solutions. We just don't look at problems. So as a former Navy chief, we always, get, we always have solutions, never any excuses. Go ahead and check it out. And if there's any feedback, you can always go ahead and email me at eric at ericforcongress.com. And I'm here for the people, and that's what it should always be about. Thank you so much, my friend. I, Take care, everybody. I love it. I love it. You know, absolutely. And, and tell everybody where they can connect with you on social media. Yep. So you could go ahead on my political page is uh, at Eric Aguilar Jacks. That's also my Twitter. So you could go ahead and find in there. Right now we're also doing video podcasting. We just launched one on the First Amendment. So that's going to be really cool. We have another one coming on the Second Amendment. We're going to talk about education. And we have a whole bunch of podcasting out there to go ahead and talk about uh, different topics. And again, ericforcongress.com, that's the website. You can always go in and reach me there, and I'm always around. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Eric. Um, always a pleasure having you with us, and uh, stay with us if you can. Yeah, and that's for Florida 4th District. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Um, and also, thank you for your service. You guys are the real heroes, man. Our military is uh, number one in America for sure. You know the the greatest, the greatest. You guys put your blood, sweat, and tears on the line for our freedom, safety, and security. So, uh, really, God bless you. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe uh, he's with us. I want to get his thoughts on everything. I introduced him earlier. Uh, North Carolina State Senate candidate and retired law enforcement official Rick Paget. Rick, I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, my friend. Oh, absolutely. I think you pulled out the reader's, the reader's book of mine that I look at all the time and think about in the past week because everything you talked about were things that I had on my mind that I wanted to say when I got yeah. the opportunity to do it. And, and what I want to say to the previous guest, too, is I've always used to tell my guys in law enforcement, you know, I started in the jail. I worked in the jails, and that's what we were required yeah. to do. Uh, and eventually I worked my way up through the ranks. I did everything that you can imagine in law enforcement. What I did not do was drug investigations, and that was by choice. I kept looking around and thinking, you know, I just wouldn't look good with long hair and earrings. That wasn't something I could really sell, so I stayed away from that stuff. And uh, it, it took, you know, to be in the vice and narcotics and things like that, it takes away from your family. It takes a special individual to be able to play those two roles and still survive at family life. And so those guys that do it, man, I just, uh, my hat's out to those guys. Uh, to go and do what they do. I'm the guy that didn't mind kicking the door in and taking the SWAT team in, but I wasn't the guy who wanted to work the drug taxes. So um, I stuck to, to what I knew. But, you know, earlier you guys said that um, about excuses. I used to tell my guys all the time, the maximum effective range of an excuse when it leaves your lips is zero feet because it, it, it goes nowhere. So if you have an excuse, you might as well keep it. Give me results, not excuses. And, and that's what I've kind of, my career has always gone by. And I look at politics the same way. You know, people used to say, oh, man, I just want, just for once, give me somebody who will tell the truth, somebody who's willing to turn it upside down, somebody who is real, somebody who don't mind saying what's on their mind, somebody who is of the people who will stand out and do it. Well, guess what, folks? Be careful what you ask for because you're damn well going to get it in Trump. 
So he came along and gave you what you asked for. So you got to support him because he is in the trenches like no president has ever been in before. You know, I'm an old school thought kind of guy. I'm, I'm, I, I think kind of like Ronald Reagan. You know, Ronald Reagan dealt with spies in a special way. Ronald Reagan dealt with espionage in special ways. And, and it, was, it was commonly known but never talked about. So there are things that happen through society and through life. But when you look back at what this president's been through, it is shock jock television. We don't have news reporters anymore on CNN. I don't know that we ever did. But what we have now on MSNBC, CNN, we have shock jocks. Their job is to shock the conscience of the voter, scare the voter into voting in their direction. They are shock jocks. They are no longer anything but. They're tabloid television, and I tell everybody, I don't even watch them anymore because it, it's just not worth the time and the energy. So I just kind of flip through it. Um, you know, Fox isn't perfect, but at least they give you the story straight. And, and, and I tell everybody, you know, yeah, everything Fox does is not 100% to, to where I would think it's telling quite the truth. But the bottom line is if I can look at a station, they can give me 7 out of 10, give me 8 out of 10, then that station is well worth watching. So I will watch things like president. When the president first came out and said, hey, um, I'm going to be in charge of the, the COVID-19 response. Do you remember when that happened? And everybody went crazy. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that he set that out there like a fish, like a, like a, a bait and hook for the fish. Because what happened? The governors jumped up and started complaining, oh, no, it's our state. You can't tell us what to do. And what did the president's people say? Oh, well, you know what? You're right. You guys handle this. Because I think the president knew what we all knew, is whoever takes it on is going to be inundated with a lot of the issues. And they may think they have the answers before it starts. By the time they get done, they find out they don't have all the answers, and they don't know where to go. And they wish now the president would have took it. What do you think, Roy? You, you think that that's where they would, they would run with that? I do. No, I, I just think when I, I look agree. at all this stuff, when I, I mean, they got, I think he threw out the fishing line and they, they took the bait. And that makes him a lot smarter than they are. So here's the other thing with Michael Flynn case. What really ticks me off is they say, oh, yeah, you can defend yourself. But you got to remember, Michael Flynn could not defend himself to his full potential because the information to defend himself with would have been classified information. And he could not use that to defend himself because then they would come back and say what? Malfeasance in office, treason, you can't release that, has to be viewed, it has to go on all these channels. So you give a man and tell him to defend himself, but then you don't let him do it in a manner in which he needs because guess what? He was targeted because he knew where Obama hid the body, so to speak. He knew the secrets of the Obama administration. And what better way to kill somebody in that process is to attack their credibility, go after credibility. I've seen it so many times, and, and it happens on a regular basis. So when you see this, so here's my thought process. Why didn't, why don't they, even to this day, why don't they unmask Judge Sullivan? Why don't they go back and check his phone records? Why don't they go back and subpoena all his records since the investigation started? Let's find out how involved he was with this from the beginning. Let's see who his conversations were with. Let's see if he reached out to anybody, how many people reached out to him during the process, especially for him to come and make these decisions. 
You can't tell me he didn't have some backdoor conversations with some folks in the swamp. Because I do believe the judge himself, I believe he's corrupt. I think he's bought, he's paid for, and he's, he's, he's a swamp judge. You want to you drag him out, throw the daylight out there, throw the bomb in the swamp, let's see what comes out. You and know, you know, it'll you take know what some was interesting? Of Absolutely. And you know what was interesting is, is what, what was revealed earlier today in a report saying the president's kids were unmasked on uh, Inauguration Day. Yep. I mean, think about that. They went after yep. his family. They went after Trump's family. Exactly. And to be, exact, to be exact, everybody, I just want to clear this up, his oldest kid. So they, they unmasked uh, three, all three of the oldest, which um, Ivanka, yeah. Don. I mean, come on. I mean, this is absolute. It's, they were so threatened by him because they knew exactly what he was going to do, which was take care of business, expose them for who they are, and uh, they couldn't have that. Well, they did, and they became very ruthless. They, came, they became yeah. Machiavellian. That's exactly what they are. They're a Machiavellian party. I don't care what anybody says. The Democrats are no longer – first of all, Democrats no longer exist. There's no such thing as a Democrat. They're all liberal, liberal crats. They're liberals. Yeah, they, the days of JFK are gone. The they, days of JFK and that, you yeah. know, the moderates, exactly. I mean, there's no, there's no place for them anymore. They have been over – this a hostile takeover. And those people that yep. got took over don't know where to go. And they're walking around dazed and confused, and now they call themselves independents. That's great. But they, they didn't have enough people to stand up to their party, the AOC clowns. You know, you got the Schumer clown show on a regular basis. The man is, is two sides. He speaks out both sides of his mouth. And just You don't know if the left, left one or, or the right side gets there first. You know, his lies make it to the podium before he does. And that's just the way it goes. So to listen to him. And then, and then what, really, what really aggravates me, I get, a, I get a, a donation letter the other day. So I watched the Kavanaugh hearings just like everybody else. And Lindsey Graham, boy, he got a great speech, and he gives some of the best speeches. But when it comes to results, he is a BS artist. He's a bullshit artist. He gives nothing. He gives lip service. And come election time, he puts out for the donations. And lo and behold, when it comes, I get so sick and tired of him, somebody's going to be held accountable. We're going to bring these people in. How many people right. have we seen Lindsey Graham bring in? Right. I'm not – and then, when, and then when Lindsey Graham tries to come out and say, well, we'll, we'll vote on it, we'll vote on it. Yeah, let's play political charades, Lindsey. None of yeah. anything he says ever goes anywhere. A damn smokescreen. He is, he is the guy that swamp, to swamp teams when we go in. He, he's, that, he's that smoke bomb that goes in there and hides everybody so you come on in. That, that's what he is. He doesn't, he, doesn't put to, he doesn't put paper or pen to paper. He doesn't bring anybody in. He talks a great game. I guess I don't even listen to him anymore because his talk is nothing but cheap. He's not done it yet. He never will. And Barr, I'm ticked with the Barr situation because the bottom line is Barr saying it's okay to lie and create a fake investigation on a current president or one who's getting ready to take office. It's okay. But it's not okay to investigate those who started it. I don't understand and, and I understand the play on words, but I don't understand. I think the try, you can't take the high road when it's too late to take the high road when somebody jumps up and shoots your mother or somebody jumps up and shoots your children or somebody jumps up and, and, and kills everybody in the family. You can't take the high road. These people went after the president's families. This, they went after the president's friends. 
they're going after the president's finances. They are not trying to beat him. They are trying to destroy him. And that is the plan of the left. If they don't like what you have to say, then by God, let's burn his damn house down. Because you right. know what? He cancel. doesn't have a right cancel to culture. the same air. Yeah, yeah and, and they that's want to what they do. So on my campaign trail, and I'm, I'm out there and I'm talking about these things, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a bit ready to hit it hard. And so I want to talk about the mail-in votes. Now let me let me say something. And I, I did on my on my uh, my page. I said, and I actually did a video on this. Yeah. You're asking people to mail in vote. Think about this. Now I'm going to mail in vote. The most sacred thing that you have, other than your possession, is not you know is your Bible, but the other one is your vote. That is something that's yours and nobody can take away from you until you mail it in. Once you mail it in, you can't guarantee where it goes. If exactly. We don't, know who's control, to, we don't know who's controlling right. it. We don't know who's in charge. Yeah, and, you know? and if I – exactly. And, and as a law enforcement officer, and, I can And by the, this, way, been, by the I, way, the, with mail-in ballots, there's been 30 million mail-in ballots since 2012 that have gone missing. So yeah. it's so unreliable. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, let me tell you, I posted that in Facebook, deleted it just as fast as I put it up there. It was the most craziest thing I've ever seen. So, so yeah. here's what I say. When you look at things, from, let's look at it from a law enforcement perspective, if you want to gain a conviction in, in a case. So if I want to gain a conviction, I get evidence. I put evidence in an evidence locker. I secure it. I sign it in. I sign it out. I know where it goes. I have a complete yeah. chain of custody. That custody is never broke. I mail in my constitutional ballot to vote. I have no chain of custody. I don't know if it ever makes it. I don't know what they've done with it, and I don't know how many times people have touched it before it got there. So how can I guarantee that will make it where it's supposed to go? I can't. And if I get to find out later that it didn't make it, what am I going to do about it? Not one single solitary thing because the government's not going to give two flips about your one vote. But you know who cares about sure. your vote? You do. You do. Very, and to me, yeah, very, this is yeah. a cheat. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Rick. Very, very well said. Um, I want you to stay with us. Uh, tell everybody where they sure. can connect with you, though. You can get me uh, – you actually get me at uh, Rick Padgett for uh, NC Center on Facebook or Ricky Padgett. Or you can get me at um, – well, you can get me on Twitter, too, at uh, Rick Padgett NC. So you can get me there also. And then uh, my website is www.rick4, the number four, ncsenate.com. North, in, yeah, ncsenate.com. So uh, I'm easy to find. Perfect. I love it. Well, st stay with us, uh, everybody. We're going to go to a quick commercial. Uh, we will be right back. This is the Rory Sauter Show. It is a beautiful night. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat-iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. 
and all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, getyourappbuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit the TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you, and Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines, and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain, as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to it in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. And everybody, um... If you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, check out my media site, which will be launched later tonight, early tomorrow, thenextnexgenusa.com. I do want to welcome to the show, um, I believe he's with us right now, we have U.S. congressional candidate from New Mexico, Chris Matthews. Chris, welcome. How are you? Good, good. Can you hear me Okay. I can hear you fine, man. How are you? Welcome to the show. Your first time on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We lost Chris. I don't know what happened. Um, he'll come back. Um, I believe, let's introduce, uh, we have best-selling author. Um, we have Vince. I want to make sure. Vince Everett, are you with us? Yeah, man, I'm here. Hey, Vince, how are you, man? Welcome to the Rory Sauter Show. Um, your first hey, time man. on the program. Thanks Tell everybody here, a little bro. bit about yourself. Well, Roy, um, um, I was um, on a cotton plantation in Hayward County, Tennessee, and uh, I was uh, ran for Congress in, in uh, 2000 against Jim Clyburn, the, the majority whip down in South Carolina, and I worked in the prison for 20 years and uh, saw how Bill Clinton and uh, uh, Al Gore was locking up uh, black men all over 
the United States of America, and I was told by everyone that was around me that uh, it was those dirty white Republicans that were doing it. So uh, I decided to uh, stop working in the prisons, find out what was going on outside. And I, when I went into the black community, I saw that there were no white Republicans. There were only black Democrats. And I decided to write a book about what I found. It was called, it's called The Iron Triangle. Uh, I discovered that the Democratic Party is probably the most evil institution existing in the world today, and um, that they use the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civic organizer to control the black community for, for the Democrat Party. Uh, most of my, 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 my friends and my colleagues have always asked me how could Christians, especially black Christians, vote for the anti-Christian uh, Democrat Party. And I wrote this book to explain that, to explain that 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 concept to them. No, no Christian should be voting for the Democrat Party. And the question is, why do they get so much of the Christian vote? And my book argues that it's because of racism. It's because of race. They use race to divide us. Uh, they they uh, the worst thing you can be in America today is a, is a racist. And so they've somehow or another grafted racism with conservatism. And there are a lot of Christian white white people that will not be conservatives or Republicans because they think that it's tainted with racism. And black people, as you know, are more conservative than uh, white people are, uh, white Republicans are. But they vote liberal because they believe it's a knee-jerk reaction that they believe that conservatism and republicanism is racism. And that comes from the Iron Triangle. It comes from the black preacher. It comes from the black civic organizer and it comes from the, the, the black politician. And so the book talks about that. You can go to irontrianglebook.com, and uh, this book is a, is a, is a, uh, 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 it's a, it, it's a book to help conservatives, white conservatives understand the battle that we're in. Um, we are in a war, and I think you already know this, against a, a real enemy that if they ever get power, I believe they'll try to kill us all. And I don't think that conservatives really understand that. They really, because conservatives are such nice people, they think everyone is like they, like them. These liberals are not playing. They are serious. And if they ever get the power they desire, uh, man, these guys, there's no telling what they'll do to us. They're, they're, they're already, you know, uh, 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 they, they've destroyed the black community. They've conducted, they're conducting a cultural genocide. Uh, they they put the children in these re-education camps and call them schools. They they won't allow them to practice their religion. They won't allow them to practice their culture. Uh, and they they've destroyed the black family. They've uh, locked up half of the black men. They pumped in drugs. They won't allow them to defend themselves. And this was just a petri dish. They uh they just experimented with us. They're now taking this and they're expanding it to the rest of America. And if they get their way. This country won't exist in 20 years. And we, we, think, we think about what the Democrats are guilty of. I mean, they're guilty of everything they re- accuse the Republicans of. And let's not forget, it wasn't Republicans who, you know, founded the plantations, the KKK and slavery. That was Democrats. And people keep failing right. to mention that. You know, I can't believe how many people in the black community have trusted the Democrats for all these years, even though, you know, I mean, they what they're what they're based on is just it's sinful and it's it's backwards how America has been brainwashed. You know what I mean? Well, Rory, that's that's the fight, and the book talks about this. And I also have to take 
the uh, 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 Republican Party to task because uh, you, you you have black conservatives out here that are willing to run against these these black uh, 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 Democrats sometimes in these districts, and the the Republican Party has made a deal with them. Uh, they basically told them back in the '90s, and it's called Operation Rat. If you you know, the, and it's pejorative, but it, it was a plan that the Republican Party had when it came to redistricting. They told black Democrats, if you vote for our redistricting plan, that we will multiply the, 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 the amount of black districts that you have. And when uh, you get these districts, we will not finance anyone that runs against you in these districts. So when a black conservative or a white conservative run in one of these majority black districts, they are hung out to dry. But you don't have someone like Clyburn or one of these other black uh, Democrats are given, they're given millions of dollars by the DNC. But the RNC will not finance anyone that runs in these black, black majority districts. And because of this, black people are getting one side of the story. Now, what do we do now? Well, you know, we all talk a good game, but when it comes time to put your money where your mouth is, everybody just wants to pat you on the back. I want everyone that's listening to me right now on your show to get a pen or get their phone. Go to irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. That is my website. You will see excerpts from my book. You'll see blogs. I was on Sean Hannity's show, and Sean was just mesmerized by my book. C.L. Bryant's books you have read. This book chronicles why black people vote for the Republican Party, like uh, the Democrat Party, like they do. It chronicles how the Democrats have lied, how they took over the civil yeah. rights movement, how they destroyed right. the black family, and how they locked up black men and have taken the black community under control and what we must do to change it. And it's not going to come from the RNC. It's going to come from us, people in the street, conservatives. And I want your listeners to buy this book so I can go out there and do battle on their behalf because right now there's so few Republicans that have any credibility in the black community. My background working yeah. in the prison system, the Million Man March, being in my community, I have credibility, and I'm not afraid of any one of them out there. If they come at me, right. I'm going to knock them out. And we looked at, no, and, and I, I love what you're doing. I love all the activism stuff you're doing. You, you're doing a lot of great things. And we look at how Trump has really exposed uh, the Democratic Party for who they are and, and how they have never done anything for the black community. All they've done is left them in poverty, left them, you know, in the, in the ruins and in the worst possible scenario. And, and you see so much reaction and so many people in the black community actually waking up and jumping on the Trump, Trump train, you know, being because a Trump, Trump fan, Trump, you know, Trump, being, Trump, Trump is one of the first people to ever talk to them. He's ever, the first one right. to ever jump actually, over the media actually, and go know, straight to and them. He's dedicated, genuine, he's authentic. You know, Trump resonates with them. He really, you know, yes, connects with them on the, on that level of humanity, and he doesn't just talk to them like political thing. It's actually he cares, he, and he knows he can change it and fix the scenario, and he has. I mean, it, remember what he said. What do you have to lose? And look at the results. Lowest black unemployment ever. I mean, he, he showed, and he, and he delivered. Well, the, 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 the awakening has, has started. Like I said, 90% of any gig showing up. It's old ball billion turn. And because the Democrats show up, they get 90% of the black vote. And because the Republicans don't show up, we, we, the, the Republicans get 10%. And, and the Republicans have to start showing up. And, it doesn't, and I know that, you know, every, 
every Republican or conservative congressman is concerned about his own district. He's not concerned about uh, the district in Baltimore, the district down in Memphis, or the district in uh, in, in Detroit. He's not going to give Sam Jones right. running against God knows who in Detroit uh, money. He's not going to offer it to him. But the RNC and the NRCC are supposed to be handling that. They don't. If you can check yourself, Rory, and you have the brain to do it, check and see how much money went to these uh, 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 people that ran against the members of the Black Caucus in their districts last year, and you'll be amazed. You cannot win yeah, and when you will not let support me, let your me own ask candidate. You, let, me ask you this. Let, let me ask you this. With everything that's been going on and everything that's kind of, you know, been, you know, touched on and everything that Trump shined light on and, and kind of – and really what he's – what he's done for the community, how much of the vote do you think he's going to get uh, in terms in terms of the black vote in 2020? Do you think uh, – I think he'll get about 20 – I think year, he'll, he'll get about 25 percent. Would you say it's over 30? Would you say over 30? I think he's going to get between 30 and 25 percent. I think he's going to be just that big, and they don't even know the tidal wave that's coming. You're cutting out a little uh, bit. What do you say? I think he'll get between 25 and 30 percent. Yeah. And, 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 and that, they don't we, know the title way that's coming know, because people are tired. Right, and we all know we all know if the Democrats don't get at least 90% of the black vote, they're screwed in elections. I mean, that's what they depend on. That's what they count on. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, they, don't, they really have lost their way, uh, the Democrats, with uh, see, Rory, you know, Trump gaining, gaining so see, much ground. Go ahead. But see, this is, this is low-hanging fruit for the, for the Republican Party. And for the life right. of me, I get angry because they won't just go pick it. It is easy for them to do, and the worst thing you can do to people who have been disenfranchised and mistreated and made, and, and made felt like they, they were less than is to treat them that way. And when Republicans don't show up, when they, when they act like they're too good to go down there and talk to them, you know, the, the people say, well, I'm not going to vote for you. I don't care what you stand for. Trump will do that. They, they've known Donald Trump's name for the last 40 years, and I'm the type that will do that. So what I'm saying to your listeners is if you won't go, let me go. Buy my book, right. and I promise you, right. I will go down there and I'll raise hell because that's just my nature. I'm tired of seeing I, my people die, but I know that their main goal is not just the black yeah. community. Their main goal is to take out America, and they'll be coming it's for true. everyone next. So we have to take them out where they are now and take the fight to them exactly where they are. My book talks right. about this. It talks in depth yeah. about it and it tells us how we can do it. Right, I love it, Vince. I love it. I want to get you back here very soon. A lot more I want to talk to you about. Uh, I do got to let you run, though. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Vince E. Ellison. And uh, also, you can go to my website, irontrianglebook.com. You can get my book on uh, the Iron Triangle. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on uh, uh, barnesandnoble.com. Thank you, Rory. Perfect. I'd like to come back anytime and talk a little bit longer with you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you. We'll get you back here soon. All right, brother. God bless you. God bless you, too. Uh, I do want to welcome right. to the show. I believe he's with us. Uh, we have uh, Jay Schroeder, who's running for uh, assembly in Wisconsin. What's up? What's that? What's up in Wisconsin? Oh, is, Jay, is this Jay? Yes. Hey, Jay, how are you? You're running in Wisconsin. Tell everybody about it. I'm running uh, for 55th Assembly District, and I got really fired up on April 24th. We had a rally in the Capitol, and uh, the, the title of my uh, speech there, which you can see on my Facebook page, 
uh, was freedom. And there was freedom to go to a restaurant, freedom to go to a bar, freedom to go to a florist. You know, all the big box stores have a, an ability to let the people in, but you can't go to the mom and pop stores. So we, uh, I said that we had a lot of people, and Governor Evers has been fighting it left and right, but today he finally said he's going to give up. It had to go to our state Supreme Court to say he had no authority. We're 100% open now. And uh, they said that uh, state Supreme Court ruled 4-3 to three that he can't be doing what he's doing. So, uh, And if you're a small business, they keep saying, well, open 25%, 50%, 70 You're not, not going to make a profit doing that. So it's got to be 100%. We all know that we're supposed to stay uh, distance from each other, wash our hands. We're not, uh, you know, three-year-olds. So any government that's uh, trying to uh, stop us from doing our normal lives is not for the people. And we, we've we had such a battle here, but we I believe we've won because the governor has tried to do everything possible to stop it. Yeah, and, and I've been reading reports, and you know what's mind-blowing? is the fact that, you know, there, there's half the country that is back open, everything's great, but the other half of the country has governors that are trying to act like dictators and trying to not use only going off of their own opinions. I mean, it, it's really disgusting and sad, scary. I mean, they're going to this extra crazy double. I mean, your, your governor was trying to do it, for God's sakes. Yes, and it always has the democratic thread through it, too. And uh, they're just trying to keep things locked down. Uh, you know, we have the Wisconsin Badgers. They can't even have football games there in the fall already. You know, it's, it's just it's mind-boggling how they, they think they can do this. And the governor wouldn't give and up. And that's still months you. away. That's still months away, and they're speculating. They're assuming yes. that things are automatically not. They have an agenda. It's clearly. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Republican governors are very anxious and urging, you know, their Democrats want to keep it closed as long as possible. Yes. Well, our capital is in um, Madison, and it's called the, Repe- the People's Republic of Dane County. That's what it is in Wisconsin. So if, if I tell you that, you understand the whole thing, how it is. And, and yeah, they don't and, give and- up. But... Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it is crazy. And I know you guys had – you know, in, in terms of the protests, I mean, those worked out well. You guys had a large turnout. Uh, it was a yep. whole event. I know you were there, and you get you were doing a lot of uh, different things and activism stuff. Um, but, yeah, man, tell us about that, though. I, when was this? Like a week ago, right? Two weeks ago? The big rally we had was April 24th. I spoke at it, and you can look at my Facebook page, Jay Schrader, and listen to my speech on it. But we had like 5,000 people there, all good people, rallies. Uh, and of course, yeah. uh, Evers, which he had some excuse, but he didn't have the state, uh, the flag on the state capitol at the time when we were there. But uh, the majority of the people that were there brought flags. It was just good people that are Americans and people from Wisconsin. We didn't have any riots, and they, they, you know, I'm sure the media would try to put that we were radicals or something. But no, they were just good people, not wanting yeah. to lose their freedom. That's all it was. And right. um, we prevailed, though, because the, the governor finally lost. And then we, he has uh, an appointed, or he nominated somebody to be the DHS secretary in Wisconsin. The Senate never confirmed her. She used to work for Obama and Hillary Clinton. So she's carrying, and as a DNC strategist, 
she's not a doctor, but yet she's in charge of our uh, the Department of Health Services for Wisconsin. And I know you, know, you can't I know you're, you can't make this stuff up. You know, it's like a, a, a right, movie, no, a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely mind blowing. And I know you're running. Um, and, and tell us your area where where you're running. I mean, tell us what the main issues are. I mean, there's quite a quite a bit of things going on in Wisconsin. And what do you need to fix? Well, it's the 55th Assembly. It's Nina, who I know a lot of people in the nation. But we're 45 miles from Green Bay Lambeau Field. That's the best way to describe yeah. it, okay. uh, Green Bay Packers. So, But anyway, the citizens are up in arms. It's all about this uh, COVID thing and people wanting to be open for business. That is the issue, you know, and it's – and, of course – uh, Memorial Day, he wanted to not to have parades, not to have ceremonies. You can't go to church, you know. And then he said, "Well, last week, this is what he said. Like I said, you can't make this up." He said, "Well, Wisconsin has to face it. The good old days aren't coming back." That's what he said. Jeez. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so um, you can't make you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's you can't. I mean, these people are they're sick. They're evil. They're twisted, yeah. and I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to say, you know, what, what's going to happen in the future? I mean, is, is this going to be the new normal? Every year, when a little virus happens, the entire country gets shut down. I mean, you know, people, uh, the fear mongering is just out of control, and, and the whole dictatorship, and you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, well, in Wisconsin, what we had, and I think a lot of other states, and you got to get involved or be proactive instead of reactive. A lot of the people in yeah. office. They're like reporters. They tell us, well, this is wrong. this is going on, this is going on. Well, you know what? Propose some legislation to change it. Stop acting like a reporter. That's what I'm yeah. sick of and why I'm running. But what we have to do is change our state constitution. You have to pass it two legislative sessions, and then the people will vote on it, taking the powers away from the governor or making the legislature approve any emergency declaration. That needs to be done on the states all across the country. You can amend your state constitution. There's a process by each state to go through it. But that's what I'm going to do to try to promote it and pass it. Because if it comes to the electorate, it'll pass in every state to take away these dictators. So that's a way to stop it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, stay with us. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Uh, My Facebook page is Jay Schrader for Assembly. I have a personal Facebook page, Jay Schrader. My Twitter account is Vote for Jay. Vote and then for Jay Schrader. Uh, that's how you get in touch with me. But I, I need help, and because I was at the Capitol and giving the speeches, and oh, and the other thing I call, say it, it's Tony Evers, the governor. And all the closed businesses, I call them Tony's tombstones. That's what he wants. <laughs> he wants the yeah. businesses shut down. That, and, and he gets a smirk when he says it, too, you know. Oh, you know, it's not yeah, going to be like it used to. And he gets a grin on his face when he says it. But uh, this stuff has it's to stop, and we have to get involved. And going door to door, there's people in our state and the country, they're good people. And yeah. this is not the country for them. And that right. is, I still believe, the overwhelming majority. But we just have to get involved and do it. And, and, and tell uh, everybody you know, again where they can connect with you. Yes, uh, well, my my Facebook page is Jay Schrader for Assembly. And I'll even give okay. you my cell phone number, <laughs> 920-450-7591. Because I've been at the Capitol and I'm attacking the governor directly, I'm sure with the Democrats I'm going to be a target 
and I need help around the, the state or country because I'm one of the few that stand up to him and told him what what was going on or what he was doing. And our motto was open up Wisconsin. You know, I was doing it when more right. legislators weren't doing it. You have to lead yes. to stand no. up. Maybe you're the only one, but that's why I'm right. doing it. No, I, well, I appreciate everything you're doing, and we need to keep standing up. Um, uh, Jay, stay with us. Um, I, I do, I want to introduce, I believe he's with us right now. Uh, we have popular talk show host and Dr. Uh, Matthew Collins with us. Matthew, are you with us? Roaring. How are you, sir? I am roaring. Uh, how, how are, are you? you? I'm very. You're cutting out. You're cutting out a little bit. Can you hear me? I well. Yeah, and better now. Uh, welcome to the show, Matthew. Uh, awesome to have you here. Uh, is it clear? Is it more clear now? Can you hear me? Hello. So I can hear you well. Oh, you can. I can hear you very well, Rory. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Matthew Lloyd Collins. I am a college professor. I also teach a lot of yoga and meditation. I'm a spiritual teacher as well. And I'm also an author. My new book is coming out later this month. It's entitled Demystifying Masculinity, The Hand-Raising Healthy Boys and Mending Broken Men. My current book, out currently is the success book, Developing Your Own Personal Strategic Life Plan, and that's available through Outskirts Press in Denver, Colorado. I love it. I love it, man. So a lot of things going on. So tell us, tell us more about this book. Tell us more about, you know, the, the process of it and what it kind of, you know, tackles and, and what you're uh, really addressing here. Absolutely. It began a few years ago. I was teaching yoga and meditation, volunteering in the Jacksonville City Jail in Jacksonville, Florida. And I was working with lots of young men at the time that were looking at 10 years, 20 years of their future behind bars. It hit me that we have to begin mentoring young men. And all of this is very much interconnected, Rory. I see the political ideas that you were discussing and all the other social types of problems that are coming together and all really coming to a head at this time as being inherently interconnected. All of these things that we're seeing across our society right now are so interconnected and, and so deeply intertwined. It's incredible. And I believe that we are coming to terms with a spiritual battle right here in the United States where we are literally fighting for the soul of the country. And it's an interesting time to be alive. I'm so excited to see patriots all around the country rising up and literally, we've had enough. This is our country, and we are going to begin acting like Americans again. That's what I see happening. I see us really entering into a phase that I call the American Renaissance, or perhaps the golden age of America, and it's just on the horizon. So while working with these young men in the Jacksonville City Jail, I was inspired to write the book Demystifying Masculinity. Because just as we have to get back to understanding our roots as Americans we need to get back to understanding what it means to be men and women in society, to be citizens, and the roles and the responsibilities that a citizen undertakes. So the whole idea of citizenship and the idea of understanding ourselves as spiritual beings here on the earth and the idea of freedom, all those really important ideas, they coalesce and they coagulate together in the book where I really encourage people to get to know themselves and to take the responsibility to lead their own lives in a way 
that they can look back on when they're on their deathbeds and be very proud of the way that they live. So Demystifying Masculinity is coming out from Legacy Booksellers. It's in Orlando, Florida. And the big point is that we are, have utterly failed on multiple levels when it comes to the way we inculcate and teach and literally program our young men. We have literally put young right. men in front of Call of Duty for too long, and we've fed them such horrible processed acidic foods that we are reaping what we have sown, and it's not a great product. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. And, and tell, tell us about this. You know, you're a professor. You're around that whole culture at university. We all know the indoctrination and how toxic it, it can become and with PC culture, with whatever it may be. Mm. Tell us about that a little bit, what you experienced. I know it's hard. Let being, me tell you a little bit I know about it's hard that, Rory. I sure will. Yeah. I will tell you. I mean, recently, I consider myself to be a decent orator. I was voted by the student body at my college to represent our entire campus to give what's called the last lecture, meaning yeah. if you have to give a last lecture and they have to choose a professor to do it, I was nominated. Yet when I applied to do a TEDx talk, at my little college, when I teach, other people who were not even affiliated with the college were invited in to become speakers for TEDx. Some of the people right. that were on that panel were talking about issues such as issues facing Syrian refugees to Florida and things of that nature. There was another person on the panel who was a transgender activist who had fought for bathroom inclusion. I proposed to talk about spiritual awakening and mentoring issues for young men and partnerships that I'd worked with with the jail and prison system here in Florida, and that was utterly rejected in favor of topics that would be much more progressive in nature. Jeez. Jesus. If you can believe I mean, that. And that's an absolute true story. I literally have the documentation where I applied for TEDx, and I was told I was not accepted. Other types of presentations had been accepted that better fit our community needs. And I'm thinking to myself, I live in the community of Jacksonville, Florida, and none of these issues really impact Jacksonville as much as really getting to the point where we start mentoring young men again. So I felt excluded, of course, but that's just how it is. If you are a critical thinker, not a Democrat, not a Republican, just someone who thinks critically in academia, sometimes you have to hide out these days. And you do your best to educate your students, but you have to be very leery of what I call the administrative class. And the administrative class at colleges, it's the same class that has taken over our government. They're democrats. The idea of plutocracy, this wealthy group of administrators will enrich themselves by taking on these powerful positions and subjugate the masses. And we're seeing it in the universities, and we're seeing it also in our local, state, and unfortunately our federal government. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I know you have a talk show as well. Tell us about that. I know you address a lot, a lot of different issues on your talk show. I have a podcast that I started about six months ago now, and it's entitled The Dr. Matthew Lloyd Collins Show. And we are now doing video casting each week. So it's an interesting show where I bring in people from the community to talk about relevant issues to Jacksonville, Florida, but also state and federal issues as well. I'm focusing on mentoring young men a lot with this podcast. So I bring lots of folks in that are working in the area of mentoring men and, and working with men and boys because we often hear so much about how we need STEM education for girls in our society. We need this for women. We need this for girls. And everyone fails right. to realize that 93% of our prison population is comprised of young men and, and, and men that are aging you know, through the system. We don't really address the fact that the overwhelming number of homicides in the United States are committed men against men, mostly black men killing black men and white men killing white men. We're very discriminatory in how we murder. But it's interesting that right. there's so much emphasis on the female, but 
the male, the masculine, the sacred masculine, what I call the divine masculine, that has completely been ignored, and it's been systematically no, destroyed by the same group. I on agree. No, Matthew, I, Matthew, I agree, and I could talk to you about this subject all night long. Uh, I want to get you back. I want to make you a regular. I really love our conversations. Um, let's definitely get you back next week. Let's, let's get you on regu- regularly. Um, but tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your book, where they can get involved. And I'm, I'm glad you're tackling these issues. I do got to run here in about a minute. I just got to wrap up, but go ahead. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Roy. You may listen to my show by tuning in. I put everything up on Facebook. It's also on YouTube and all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google Play. And it's entitled The Dr. Matthew Lloyd Collins Show. The video cast comes out on YouTube each week as well. We tackle big issues impacting young men. Yes. I love it. I love it. And real quick, tell everybody where they can find the book. I got to go, but thank you. Real quick. The book, the new book is Demystifying Masculinity through Legacy Booksellers in Orlando, Florida. And the current book is The Success Book, Developing Your Own Personal Strategic Life Plan, Outskirts Plus, Denver, Colorado. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Matthew. And let's get you back next week. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Roy. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Thank you, sir. Um, Michael Balsi, I got to close the show in 30 seconds real quick. Where can people find you on, on Twitter? You'll find me on Twitter at Michael Valsi, V as in Victor, A-L-S-I. You're welcome to DM me, direct message. Uh, I'm usually on there every day, two or three different times. So uh, thanks again for having Perfect. me. Well, I enjoyed the show tonight. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Um, everybody, it's been a fantastic show. I love you all. Um, stay safe. Uh, stay responsible, Um, have a great rest of your night, and I will see you on Thursday. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.